Hi, I'm Jerry Grant, and this is a series of programs we're calling Disc Jockey Confidential here on WVUD and WVUD HD1, Newark, the voice of the University of Delaware. I'm interviewing some of my fellow VUD jocks to find out what path they took to arrive here at the radio station. We'll discuss their earliest experiences with music and radio and records and how those experiences inform their own show currently on WVUD. Today's guest is myself. And I'm so glad and honored to have Scott Burney agree to be the interviewer. Scott? Good morning. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you oh, doing this. Oh, my honor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Jerry, tell us a little bit about Hip City Part 2, please. Sure. Well, we've been on Saturdays for many, many years. I still describe it every show as uh, rhythm and blues, oldies, and soul music. And that's kind of what it is. When it started out, we had a little more emphasis on oldies in general. I can remember playing, well, I had a partner in the early days, B.J. Loberman, who was my partner at the record store. Oh, I like it like that. But I can remember us having, like, get off my cloud and, and rambling gambling man, like, in the in the rotation early. But um, Do you it, remember the was, year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was 77 or 78. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. So I still play rhythm and blues, oldies, and soul music. I concentrate on the 60s. We'll go forward and go back as the case may be. Mm-hmm. I find myself going back more than than going forward anymore, which says more about <laughs> me than about the music itself. But um, there are other shows on the station that do a, a lot of funk, and I used to do a lot more funk than I do now. But I stick pretty much to 60s soul, uh, you know, vocals pretty much, some instrumentals. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's It's been a favorite <laughs> for many years. Uh, well, thanks, yeah. And it's now two hours on a Saturday night. It was three hours for a long time. Started out as uh, two or three hours on a Sunday. To my ears, it seems like you were always smitten with soul music. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, growing up, I mean, I was a, I grew up in a Beatles house. What, what became a Beatles household? Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, we loved the Beatles and we put the forty fives on. Where were you born, and and where did you grow up? Uh, born and raised in Wilmington, actually, to get specific. Uh, out near Newport, um, I grew. I was born in St. Francis Hospital, but um, we lived on the east side, I think, in Eastlake for the first year of my life or so. Then we moved to a place called Farsbrook Glen, and actually it was like the Farsbrook Glen Annex uh, off of Maryland Avenue. It backed up to what became Banning Park. Mm-hmm. Back then it was called Follies Woods. Had a lot of fun. It was kind of a crowded neighborhood, uh, all duplexes, I guess, back in the section where we were. And we had a circle. We used to play wiffle ball all the time. And there were lots of kids, tons of kids. Yeah. And it was also right next to the railroad, just just like Banning Park is right next mm-hmm. to the railroad mm-hmm. now. And also the New, Newcastle Airport was pretty active back then. So all those things are strong in my memory yeah. that were going yeah. on. In the house itself, we had four kids eventually in that house. Uh, we lived there until 63. We moved, I should say, Kennedy was assassinated on a Friday, and we moved on a Saturday, and Oswald, I think, was shot on Sunday. I can't wow. recall, but um, it's I can I can date that exactly yeah. when yeah. That, that all happened. But we lived down there in Farce, Brooklyn, and four kids with, I guess, three bedrooms. I don't know, but whatever. But my mom, uh, first memories of music was mom had 45s. And we only had a 45 player. I think it was a Philco or an RCA or whatever uh, that had the, the spindle that only played 45. So we just stacked them yeah. up and stacked them oh, up. Yeah. I mean, we destroyed the records, <laughs> you know, um, but stacked them up. 
And um, mom was an old jitterbugger, uh, probably graduated in high school, like say 43 or so. So she was yeah. from the old school, but she kind of kept up. As I, as I look back at it now, she, you know, she was still buying records. She had Fats Domino and, and, uh, and Chuck Berry, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm thinking, wow, she's going out and buying these 45s when she's, you know, in her thirties into her forties and whatever. And, um, keeping up pretty well. So I can remember vividly we had um, we had a whole lot of love by Fats Domino, which is still one I played on my show all the time. Great. Not the not that 45, but mm-hmm. that version. Oh, sweet little 16 she had. We had Way Down Yonder in New Orleans by Freddie Cannon, which I later learned from Bill Chambliss's show Scratchy Grooves many many years later was actually from the 20s, a song from the 20s. How about that? Had no idea about yeah. that. But I'm reading my labels and stuff. With 45s, you know, you're reading your labels. I mean, yeah. at least I was. I was yeah. like, what are all these names? Yeah. Mean? You know? Uh, yeah. I always thought, you know, I thought the singer, the people with the Beatles 45s, of course, it had Lennon McCartney underneath the title. So I'm thinking, oh, they're singing the song. And then we got my guy, my Mary Wells, and it said William Robinson. I said, oh, that's <laughs> What's Mary, this? Mary Wells' real name is William Robinson. <laughs> uh, no. So anyway, I learned that. What else did we have? We had... Uh, in 1814, a battle oh, in New Orleans. Johnny Horton. Johnny Horton. We yeah. Had, we had that. We had Behind the Green Door by Jim. I forget. There's an old piano and they play it hot behind the green door. Ah. Jim, it was on Dot. Yeah. Uh, and the flip side, you can still hear on George Stewart's Crazy College program, which which is was called uh, The Little Man from Chinatown, which is a song that just is circular, but it never ends. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes... There once was a little man in Chinatown. He was a little man in and then that little man in Chinatown. He was a little man indeed. In case you're wondering what the story is, this is the bridge. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. One afternoon, that little man in Chinatown. He was a little man. That's all it ever Just says. Kept going. <laughs> both sides of that record got played a lot. Yeah. Uh, she she also had um, she had like a three or four or five forty five set on RCA of South Pacific. Uh, you know, the original, yeah. I guess the original cast. Sure. I mean, we're close to it, whatever. You know, I ended up really liking South Pacific, I guess, for that reason, is one of my favorite musicals yeah. and stuff. But we would, yeah. And then we just had other records. I mean, uh, tons of things floating around. Mom would occasionally, I can remember her buying Walk Right In by the Rooftop Singers. Yep. Yep. Which I think it's 61, 62. Yeah. I think something yeah. like that. As far as radio goes, we did have radio in the house. We would always listen to DEL in the morning as everybody was going out to breakfast. Mm-hmm. My father worked for DuPont, and he had mm-hmm. to go. We're living up there in, you know, close to Newport. He would come down to Newark to the uh, LeBeers building. Yeah. So we'd all be getting shuffled off to work or school, mm-hmm. and it would be Bill Harleman with the call for cash jackpot, which mm-hmm. was something like, you know, well, that was the wrong answer. So now the call <laughs> for cash is up to $11. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was yeah. like it was totally... Nothing. And uh, and the music, I can't read. You know, I think they would play like, they were playing Walk Right In. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. And they'd play novelty songs, you know, like Flying Purple People yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But I think they also would play Sinatra. I mean, they were the adult station yeah, kind of. Yeah, little Johnny Mathis. Or, had, uh, yeah, right, yeah, exactly, yeah. right, exactly. We had that for sure. In the neighborhood and stuff, I mean, when was your first exposure to early rock and roll or the early... Right, right. Well, I'm thinking, I, you know, as far as what I, well, mom also had, we also in the 45s, we had Hound Dog and Don't Be Cruel, mm-hmm, one of the mm-hmm. greatest, whenever you want to play the greatest two-sided hits yeah, of all time, that's right up yeah, there. Yeah, And um, 
So we had that. In the neighborhood, it's hard to say. Um, we played a lot of wiffle ball in the circle. I mean, that was about our main recreation. And I didn't understand the great import of this on my life, but the guy next door to me, a guy named Jay Muriello, um, he went to Sally's, but his his school job was working at Dry Goods Record Department. This is Dry Goods at Fifth and uh, yeah. Fifth and Market, absolutely in Wilmington, and it was one of the best record stores. I bought many of forty five there. Sure, yeah, it had the lowest ceiling in the world. Mm-hmm. Even if mm-hmm. you were a teenager, it's like, how do you <laughs> walk around this place? Those great wood floors, but they had wood floors exactly. <laughs> it was a separate entrance, like now it's kind of across from the Queen uh, mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and um, you would go in, and you know, mom, it was a great like for babies. Mom would go. To buy bra, oh, yeah. go fight over bras and stuff yeah, with the women yeah, over in yeah. the store, and you would just be in the record department mm-hmm. looking at things, and they had the albums packed in like you had to yeah. kind of pull them apart yeah. to even look at yeah. them, and they had forty fives uh, kind of hidden away because I'm sure people stole the forty fives, <laughs> but they were but they were over there. So, anyways, that's where Jay worked, and I'm so once in a while we go over to his house just once in a while. Because again, I'm like four or five years younger than he is, but he had a brother that was younger, so he'd be in there and. And on the floor in their living room, but there was his records, and it was typical of it was he had a lot of Hootenanny, the folk scare or whatever yeah. of the early sixties yeah. yeah. he had of that, and then he also had like Ray Charles, you know, yep. and, and I'm like, whoa, look yeah. at these, yeah. and also they were albums, and at this point, still in that house that I'm in, up to like sixty two or sixty three, we had never we didn't see any albums yeah. in our house. All yeah. we had was our forty five yeah. player, you know, my my uh, one of our. My mom's sister did have, uh, you know, a piece of furniture, a Magnavox the big, or whatever, big right? Right, yeah. And they had uh, South Pacific mm-hmm. and um, the Sound of Music, yeah, and yeah, My Fair Lady, right, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the First Family with Vaughn Meader, yeah, the, the yeah, comedy yeah. album about the presidency. Yeah. Can you even fathom that now? <laughs> but it was a joke album about with people impersonated JFK mm-hmm. and Jackie, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I, we all had a great laugh about it. We, I mean, we were very much a pro-Kennedy household. Yeah. We all thought it was a total It hoot. was fun. Particular memories of live music besides church. Went to Catholic Church, St. Matthew's. It wasn't that exciting. I mean, there was perfectly good organ player. Yeah. Uh, we didn't yeah. really have a choir. It was just organ player and everybody, everybody sang. sang. the hymns. And then I would go on to, you know, in Catholic school, the nuns were always, I always just think of nuns as blowing the pitch pipe. They would always say, all right, we're ready now. And... You know, you'd like to sing, and they'd say, "All right, here's the note," like, like way up, like, "Whoa, I can't sing that." You know, it was all the girls could sing, yeah, and we couldn't sing. Yeah. And it was way up there. Um, anyway, uh, so there was that music. We also uh, would go to my grandmother's, who lived in town in Wilmington, on my father's side, and that was kind of a very straight laced household where everything was done kind of in order. So we. Got there, we had dinner. Then she would sit and play the Catholic hymns, basically, mm-hmm. is what she would do. Yeah. And then Lawrence Welk would come on, and then yep. Ed Sullivan would oh, yes. come on. Oh, yes. And then Bonanza would come on. Yeah. And that was That's the, uh, we never even stayed for Bonanza, <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, we saw the burning, the, bur- yeah, the, the burning map. Right, or, right, yeah. exactly, right. <laughs> but, um, but that was kind of, that was, so there was a live piano, right? Which, of course, the piano is great for mm-hmm. filling up the room. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so I can remember that really Did well. Did she let too. you sit at it when she wasn't? I don't and, think so. In that, in that house, yeah. no. Yeah. I, eventually, that piano came to our house after after she died. Uh-huh. But, um, but no, I don't think we were encouraged yeah. to bang. Yeah. It was, you know, yeah. it was a pretty 
there were photos of uh, Pius the Twelfth up on the wall. I don't know if John the Twenty Third ever made it, but mm-hmm. uh, Pius the Twelfth was up there, and I think JFK had a picture up on the wall too. I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. but you kind of behaved yourself there. Yeah. Now I think as far as music goes, I think my father, my my grandfather, my father's father would go like to the vaudeville and stuff like that because he would have routines yeah. and he would. <laughs> he would just, he was kind of in his own world a little bit. He had the devil, he had the Irish jig in him, kind of, mm-hmm, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. whereas grandmom was very straight-laced. Yeah. And that does it for our house, pretty much. It was the records. There was no, we would get a piano after we moved in the early 60s. And then the girls, you know, had to take piano lessons. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really get that excited about it. Um, I didn't take any lessons. My brother uh, took trumpet lessons, my brother Jim. And that'll all have meaning later on. One thing that coincided with us moving was a swim club opened up. I know you mentioned swim clubs when we yes, talked before, yeah, but yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of societal implications about why why there were swim clubs. But we belonged to one. It was called Crestmore, and it was in the Richardson Park area. Mm-hmm. And we moved. When we moved, we moved to a development off of Boxwood Road. Conrad High School was on. Its address wasn't Boxwood Road, but it was. Right. In, it took up two or three blocks on Boxwood yeah. Road. Uh, our development was across the street. And Crestmore was back there. The swim club was back in there. So now I'm getting to be 12, 13 or 14. You know, it's starting that you're going to start hanging out with uh, kids, kids from the public schools mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. kinds of things, you know. So um, one early memory for me of music is going to a, a dance, a party, whatever at Crestmore. And there was a band, there was a surf band and they had amplifiers and it was outside, you know, it was a swim club. You know, it's like, I guess it was, you know, it was reverb is what it was. It yeah. was like, whoa, yeah. listen to that. Yeah. That's otherworldly. Oh, that's not heavenly. A, that's, that's not a natural sound. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it sounds like they're inside of a gymnasium, but they're yeah. outside here yeah. and they're making it yeah. come out. I mean, I was just kind of transfixed, like, whoa, listen to the sound. Yep. And a live drum kit and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff was like, whoa, it's just like, yeah. this is really yeah. cool. One of my first real experiences was a couple of years later in high school, My fir- one of my first dates, actually, my father drove me and a girl into Sally's, to, and they had booked The Magnificent Man. I don't know if you know The Magnificent oh, yes. Man. Oh, yeah. The Blue-Eyed yeah. Soul Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like Lancaster, Harrisburg, horns whatever. Right, yeah. horns, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, again, we go back to like Lawrence Welk and Ed Sullivan stuff. The only horns I ever saw <clears throat> were, well, we're in a marching band for yeah. a parade yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. that. Or Lawrence Welk would have seemed like 12 horns or yeah. something yeah. or whatever he had. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, Ed Sullivan once in a while would introduce Ray Block down in the pit, mm-hmm, and you'd see mm-hmm. they had a bunch yeah. of horns, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So we go to see the Magnificent Men, and the Magnificent Men, and the curtains start to open. And Magnificent Men made their own records and had hits on their own. Yep. But they, this particular show, they started out with Soul Man. So I guess that date's a 67 or 68. And suddenly you hear, da 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 and the curtains are still opening. I'm thinking, wow, this is great. And it's like two horns. It's, yeah. a, it's a sax and, and a trumpet. A, yeah. And it's just like, yep. whoa, yep. you're really making a lot of noise oh, with yeah. two horns. You know what I mean? And uh, that was that was another moment where I thought, wow, this is, you can kind of be homemade with yeah. this stuff. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You know, That's big time you know, with the horns. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so I didn't really take any, I didn't take any music lessons, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. I just, I really loved records. We move in. 63, and then first we buy a little thing that would just play albums. Uh, well, probably had an adapter or something, uh-huh. but we just got it because the Beatles were putting these albums were, out, and that, we had to have yep, the albums. Yeah, and yeah. Beatles 65, I remember yeah, yeah. very well, as, as one that we had to have. Yeah. It had to have that. So um, 
we played that. And then eventually they got a piece of furniture, the parents did, mm-hmm. and put it in the living room. Yeah. And it was from Sears, and Sears had to deal with, I guess, Magnavox was their imprint or something And those like were that. the only record stores where the places that sold Victrolas and things, you know. Right. Uh, Wilmington uh, uh, Dry Goods, but also Sears and, and, and those places. There's a place in the Merchandise Mart that sold them. Right. And they'd have little record collections there to Sure, to sure. Buy. I, and you'd get deals. I remember Pop, yeah. Pop got uh, – he was all excited. There was a Harry James record. This is this is twenty years like past Harry mm-hmm. James yeah. Prime. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the Ink Spots starring none of the real Ink Spots. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, they were the two albums. But we love those albums. Yeah. Well, Harry James never quite made it, but the Ink Spots, mm-hmm. the Ink Spots we love. Yeah. Up a Lazy River down, oh, Lazy, you know, blah, 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 that kind of yeah. stuff. And we're just yeah. my brother and I really enjoyed that. Eventually, I would take over the living room. Uh, I realized totally sympathetic with parents trying to raise kids with their crazy music and stuff. People say, "Can you believe this rap music?" I'm like, "Well, you know, actually, I can." Well, you know, I would, I'd be in the living room with James Brown, like, yeah, blasting yeah, it out, and yeah. my parents really thought uh, I, I was going straight to hell. Yeah. Basically, um, so that was so. That's when then albums arrived. Then, and, and yeah. I, by that time, I'm buying records like crazy, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So there, there's oh, yeah. that. So music lessons, right? I didn't do anything in grade school. Didn't sing or do anything really appreciable in uh, grade school at all. Well, actually, so then there was one thing. I'm just this is just coming back to me now. The nuns in like six, like sixth or seventh or eighth grade. So this would be sixty three, sixty four, sixty five. A friend of mine and I, we made fun of some girl's project that she had done for some something. I don't know. I think it was about South America. And so the teacher said, "Well, Mr. Grant, you know what is your particular talent thing?" And somehow we just got into the fact that by the next school year we would have a band. A friend of mine who was taking guitar lessons, he had a teacher who would uh, notate out the current hits. He would yeah. notate them out yeah. himself. <clears throat> and uh, and I, I can make this revelation that the, I think the first song I, ever, song I ever sang in front of anybody, which was him, but I mean, because he had it notated, so mm-hmm. that's what we were mm-hmm. working with. Yeah. And I sang My Love by Petula Clark, but, um, which I'll, I'll defend Petula Clark. But, oh, I'm um, with you on that. <laughs> even at the time, I thought, man, this is corny singing Petula yeah. Clark. But it was just fun to like just sing with a guitar. I was yeah. like, wow, this yeah. is really cool. That's you know? very cool. And, um, you, and I realize now, too, we kind of skipped. Do I remember the first record I bought with my own money, which I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if I have a good answer to that. Uh, I mean, walk right in would have been my mother's money uh-huh. for sure. Uh, I can I can remember buying bread and butter by the New Beats. Yeah, you know, but I'm guessing it was probably a, a Beatles 45 or something. Mm-hmm. We had She Loves You. We had all the we had Twist and Shout. We had them on all the different labels, yeah. and that's kind of an education in hindsight going on for me. Like uh, these are all on different. Oh, you get all these cool different labels. Don't you're, think anybody thought that they were going to last. Or, oh no. You know, oh, so. oh, 45s were like. I do try to tell people that, you know, oh, you're oh, these days, major cultural figures, Bono's doing this and saying yeah, and stuff yeah, like this. Yeah. This music was given absolutely no respect at all at the time. No, you know, Elvis no. Presley was a freak show. Yeah, yeah. And and then the Beatles were a super freak show. Never lasts. Right. Never going to last. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. When is this going to end? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Let's get back yeah. to, oh, Sinatra's having a hit. You uh-huh. know, that's great. Things uh-huh. are getting back to normal yeah. now. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah. You know. But, but they said the yeah. same thing about him when he first well, broke. You exactly. Know? Exactly. You know, this teeny bopper stuff, you know, Bobby Soxers or whatever they called it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what my mother was too. By the way, she uh-huh. was. A, she was Bobby. Yeah. She. Yeah. Uh, 
and Sock she was hops. a jitterbugger too. Mm-hmm. She would also mm-hmm. grab us and try to dance with yeah. us. And yeah. some of us took nice. to it, and some of us yeah. didn't. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when Sugar Pie Honey Bunch by Four Tops came out, I mean, she had to have that right away. She said, "This is you know." She was cool. acting like this is yeah. really cool. Yeah. I mean, she knew the danceable records. She just yeah. knew them. And she, uh, yeah. you know, oh, that's time. good. Holland so you like you come down here to go to college here in well, New I didn't. York, I, didn't I didn't start here. Oh, no. Okay, I started at uh, Holy Cross College up in Worcester, Massachusetts, oh, yes. a Catholic yes. college. Uh-huh. Uh, got up there. I was like the only guy from Delaware. I ended up there were a couple other guys in different years, but I was the only freshman like from Delaware. Well, several interesting things about that. I had an African American roommate assigned to me. They were they were making a push to bring in black students into the school. It was a good Jesuit school. It wasn't the most progressive Jesuit school in, as Jesuit schools go, but it was going through like kind of a progressive phase. So that was interesting. Yeah. So I, you know, I learned a whole lot about myself and about other cultures. They had a camp. They had a little. Uh, I guess it was an AM carrier current station. I'm pretty sure, and they were starting an FM. Uh, so, but I'm listening to them. I would listen to the carrier current station. Their newscasts were lacking, and I said, I can do better than that. So I signed up like to read the news because yeah. I could pronounce foreign yeah. capitals and yeah. stuff like that, whatever, you know, Uthant or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so meanwhile, um, then they also they have an oldies show like at 7 to midnight on Sunday nights that some guy's doing. One of the two Jewish students at the whole school, you know, 2,800 people or wow. two, two Jewish people. But anyway, Norm Cohen... You, if you won the trivia contest during the oldies show, you got to come up, and they called them goosh records. That's what they called forty fives. I guess it was their goosh. Was that their pronouncer their pronunciation of gauche or something? Uh, I don't know, but it was uh, like, yeah. Here we have these things thrown in a pile. Here, go over and pick out five or ten goosh wow. records. You know, wow. you're, you're the last step before the garbage can, yeah. basically. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm picking out the forty fives like crazy, and so finally Norm says. Hey, are you are you a newsreader or something? I said, yeah. I said, I just started. He goes, you really like this stuff, right? And I said, oh, yeah, I do. He goes, you want to do this show? This is like a VUD yeah. story, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, you'd like to do radio? Yeah. Show up tomorrow, and you're on the air. You're so on. That's so I can hardly remember. I guess I just played all my own records. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, I'm sure I mixed it up. It wasn't a soul. It was, uh, you know, I can't remember too much about it. I mean, it was, I probably did it for a year, a year and a half or something like that. And then you came down here. And then I transferred. You cut to 76, and we've opened I Like It Like That, the record store in March of 76. And I think it was 77. And meanwhile, we had been hanging out with George Stewart mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. and Al Engberg, who you mentioned. We, yeah. We lived with Al Engberg for a couple of years. Uh-huh. Um, who else? I kind of knew Pete Booker. Pete, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So we're aware of the radio station. Yeah. I can't say we were listening necessarily, but we were aware. Right. But anyway, so 77, I think a guy named Ron Whitehead was here and he was the music director or the program director or something. And my memory, everybody has a different memory of this, but my memory was VUD, it was XDR at the time, right. was, was trying to expand their radiothon. They, their radiothon had been kind of in, in-house, in kind yeah. of. They yeah. asked for money from students, basically, right. which is right. a, a losing game, yeah. as we all know. Tough. So uh, they were trying to bring in other people. So they went to BJ and said, do you do you want to come and do a show? I don't know if they said it would be a soul show or whether it would be BJ said we would do a soul show. Yeah. He asked me, do you want to do it? And I said, yeah. sure. Yeah. And so we did it. We sat in with a guy named Dave Gazzara, who was a regular down here then. I don't remember the raising money at all, though. I, I don't, maybe that was t- taking place in some yeah. other room or yeah. something. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But we just played our records and now, had fun. Now, was that fun. upstairs? That was upstairs yeah. on the third yeah. floor, right. for sure. Right. right. Yeah. Um, after a couple shows, you know, Dave said, you should just, Dave Gazzara said, you should yeah. just do it yourselves. And we said, yeah, okay, sure. So yeah. we'll do it. Nice. So I think it was... Uh, I think it was on a Sunday. I'm pretty sure it was on a Sunday. We were preceded for a while by a guy who was an American studies professor 
uh, here, Tim, his name was Tim something. And he did kind of an American show. I had him as a teacher doing a history of American music. Whoa, okay. Down here. I think his name Mustache, is Mustache. Um, young guy. Yeah, young guy. Yeah, yeah. He was probably just a recent graduate of someplace. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, no, I took an American music, you know, I wasn't a full-time student at that time, but um, I, I saw it offered and, you know, signed up for a couple of um, courses, and that was one sure. of them. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, but he, yeah. He, he, showed, he said, do you he said, do you guys know Shopping for Clothes by the Coasters? We said, oh, no, we never heard of it. He said, oh, you got to hear yeah. that. And I can see now that was an American Studies mm-hmm. record right there, yeah. right in his yeah. hand. Yeah. You know? yeah. Eventually, Women's Song would replace him, yeah. a, a mm-hmm. girl named Karen McManus, who later went on to be like an engineer down at AMU or one of wow. the, one of yeah. the DC yeah. stations. Yeah. I mean, she went on to kind of a career there. Yeah. Then, and then at some point, after a year or so, we're there, and then Neil Payne shows up. With yep. us, and we looked, we didn't look like the way we look today. Yeah. I had a yeah. big Irish yeah. fro, and yeah. BJ had long hair down to his shoulders. Right. And Neil Payne shows up and is like, I'm following you guys. Yeah. You know, and uh, <laughs> we're like, yeah, but we hit it off great. Right. But we went past each other's chops, yeah. but yeah. you know, yeah. we, we did we did fine. Yeah. And then somehow I ended up on Saturday. I, I can't remember how that was. So the show was pretty much always three hours. A couple of years ago, Rick Lewis had been a listener to my show and uh, was kind of bugging me to get on the air. I was always followed by the heavy metal slot once I got to Saturdays and that was kind of falling apart. Tink had moved on and Metallicate was getting a little antsy about coming down at night and doing the metal show. So I just said to Steve Kramark, I guess, or somebody, I said, you know, this metal thing's falling apart. He said, well, we're not going to get rid of that, but let's, you know, I said, why don't we, let's push it back one more hour, start at 10. I'll give up an hour because my wife had been complaining for 30 of those 42 mm-hmm. years or whatever mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we never get to do anything on a Saturday night. So I would just go until eight o'clock. Yeah. So we'd only be yeah. an hour late for parties yeah. instead of being yeah. two or two yeah. hours late. So that's how that happened. And anyway, Rick was a perfect, so, uh, and Rick, we just threw him right in yeah, there. So that, that worked perfect. out. Yeah. So that's kind of worked yeah. out. Well, some things I haven't mentioned, BJ, my partner on the radio show at the beginning, I think he lasted till maybe 81 or 82. Yeah. He really took to the record business. Yeah. And he went up to New York and got a job with J&R's Record World. If you ever read like the Village Voice or uh-huh. something, that was a yeah. big, yeah. A big record I remember. Uh, store up there. Yeah. And then from there, he jumped over to uh, Virgin Records and he was a, ended up being like vice president of something, I wow. forget, right yeah. now, of Virgin Records until probably 10 years ago or yeah. five years ago yeah. or so. So he was like hanging with Keith and oh, yeah. Lenny Kravitz and all kinds Big of, time. you know. Yeah. I got to shake hands with the woman in the, the Divinals who did I Touch Myself. Anyway. How cool is that? So how cool is that, uh-huh. huh? My friend Chuck Durrani, who's a great supporter of, oh, yeah. of WVUD in general, he can always recite the names of the prisoners. I used to, I don't know if you remember this. I remember but, that well, the James, at 730. Right, right. The James Brown. James uh, Brown, block. I would play. Yeah. Our signal used to go more strongly down the mm-hmm. state. And, down to Smyrna. And I started getting letters. This, the Dark Ages yes. would write letters. Yeah. Prisoners would yeah. write letters yeah. saying, we love your show. Would you play such and such? Now, a yeah. lot of them asked for James Brown. Yeah. So I, I started putting my James Brown records at, in a block at 730. I'd play three or four. And before that, I would say, and we're going to send it out to... I would name like six or oh, seven guys who were writing to uh, me yeah. at the time. I remember it well. Well, Scott, thank you. I really oh, yeah. thank you for doing oh, this. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you for asking me. And this has been uh, This Chucky Confidential here on WVUD and WVUD HD1 Newark. And my guest this morning was Jerry Grant. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Bye-bye.
You've been listening to Disc Jockey Confidential here on WVUD. These shows are part of longer interviews I conducted over the past few years, so some of the times and dates mentioned are not current. Tune in next Monday at 8.30 a.m. for another edition of Disc Jockey Confidential. Tune in next Monday at 8.30 a.m. for another edition of Disc Jockey Confidential. But one funny story I can tell about that is that one guy would write letters, and we're kind of, they start out, Jerry, how are you? I hope you and your family are doing, I hope the good Lord is blessing you. Uh, you know, I hope all is well, and the year brings good things, blah, blah, blah. Can you please play Backstabbers, the big payback, money, money, money. All, all his requests were like revenge songs on who got him in prison. Uh-huh. And uh, I kind of summed up my, uh, yeah. uh, although here's another one from that, is that uh, another time a guy writes, and he says, hey, Jerry, I knew your sister in college. I used to go into the record store, and his name, I don't mind saying his name was Bongo, Bob, Bob Bruner. Remember Bongo well. Well, because I just heard you say today uh, about a Johnny Cash tribute or something, yeah, right? Today yeah, on your yeah, show. Yep. And uh, I didn't know him at the time. I didn't. I soon I said to my, my sister, I said, you know, she goes, oh, yeah, Bongo. Bongo. He's, Bongo's up with the towers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And well, here uh, he had been involved with drugs and somehow ended up in prison up in Pennsylvania and then was ser- ending his, serv- his sentence like in Delaware. It was so, you know, just even talking about it now is so stupid. Yeah. What a waste of time that is. Yeah. But, and I would, he, later, um, he went up moving next to me in Newark and he was a landlord. And yeah. We, and we'd yeah. go at it because I was on Newark City Council and we, right, we would fight right. about things yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But we were, we were, became good friends. But he uh, just wrote and said, hey, I do a, a, his letter to me on the radio show would be, I do a little, uh, uh, I'm friends with some of the guys and I do, I've started a newspaper down here in prison and stuff like that. And his request was sitting here in limbo, uh, which I just, I'm so cool. <laughs> I'm starting to cry here now. Yeah. just thinking about it. Like just, Oh yeah. He was, you know, great guy. Yeah. He was a good yeah, guy, yeah. you know, and it was, a, it was guy. a waste of talent to stick oh, him yeah. down there. What oh, a waste that terrible. was. But anyway, terrible. but there are little things and I'll tell you one more. Uh, have you ever seen a Dry Ranch Fire Squad? Oh, yes. Yeah, that guy yeah, goes, that he's so good. told you this, I'll tell you I'll that. Tell you I, I, yeah. I told you that, I'll tell you this. Right. Uh, and I've, I feel like I've told this a couple times, but I'll tell it again. I had a woman call me on Hip City, and people will call up and tell you their innermost thoughts. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, and we've said this before, <laughs> the records are like two and a half minutes. Yeah. You know, lady, I oh, can't yes. hear your whole oh, story. Yes. You know? Yes. But anyway, so, uh, Jerry, this is such and such. She goes, uh, um, such and such as wife. I said, oh yeah, yeah, we've met. Yeah, blah, blah. She goes, I'm leaving. Let's call him John. All right, well, I'm leaving John. Uh, you know, I said, oh, I'm really sorry. You know, the records are yeah. playing, you know. Yeah. She goes, I want to make some requests. And I can't remember all the requests. The one I can remember is by Betty Levette, who nobody was playing Betty Levette back there but then but me. And I only had one or two records of yeah. hers, but one was called, My Train's Coming In Tomorrow and I'm Going to Be Right On It. That's what it was called. And she said, oh, my train's coming in. I'm going to be right on it. And there were three records she requested, which the essence, that was the message. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm leaving you. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm be glad to play them. And I played them right in a row, like <laughs> five minutes later. And I just thought, wow, people are really yeah. paying attention. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. <laughs> in, in, you know, in case you ever wonder. Oh, you know? yes. Anyway. Yeah. So there's that. So I've had a great time, and uh, a lot of people have ended up with. Uh, I, I've loved all the management here as much as I. We cuss the, you know. Yeah. Let's face it, the community oh, members we cuss the management and stuff all the time. But they're great. But they're great. They're, they're great. great. They, Kate, you know. Kate Cowan and uh, yep. 
and Steve Kramark and of yeah. course Dave McKenzie, oh, our yeah. uh, Chuck Tarver in the day. Chuck yeah. Tarver, I'm sorry, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Chuck Tarver, Chuck, very much Ch- so. Chuck got me in here. Right. Yeah. And uh, oh, I, I always remember Chuck Tarver playing uh, playing for us one time. He had a little, I don't know if you ever heard the tape, but he has a tape of Howard Stern. Howard, Chuck Tarver and Howard Stern were at Boston uh, University uh-huh, together, and Howard Stern goes, "Here comes the radical black student, Chuck Tarver." <laughs> Anyway, oh, that's was, gold. Yeah, it's really that's cool. gold, Jerry. Oh, gold. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That'll, that'll be in the Howard Stern Museum someday. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, that's great. Anyway, all right. Well, so, um, so I've had a good time. Did I make that clear? I hope I did. I'll edit it. God, it's going to be hell. Yeah. And um, thanks to you oh, so much for thank you for, for asking. This. Uh, this has been mm-hmm. a pleasure mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So now uh, we, we it, it. it will go up as a podcast. And, yeah, uh, it, cool. There is a chance they'll write a biography of you, and they'll come. <laughs> they'll, they'll, this will be a source. This material is where you find right everything here. right here. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, all right, well, very cool. Thank you very much, well, Jerry. Thank you for all the years of great music. Definitely, Scott. And the same goes to it's, you. It's live been, and recorded. Oh, it's and, been a uh, treat hearing you. You know, here's sure, many more. Sure, absolutely. And I probably should even throw in, I, that's, that is one thing I feel like now my music, the music that I play is almost, we talk about the soundtrack of your life or something, but I mean, it's backed up every commercial in the world. It's oh, yeah. been in every movie oh, in yes. the world. Oh, yeah. Take it from me when we started. No, no. It was dying. It was yeah. dead. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, Pickett hadn't had a hit in no. years. No, no. Smokey was, was going to make a comeback in a couple years. Everybody's, James Brown was uh, yeah. very much on a oh, down, no. downward no, arc no, no, and no. stuff like that. It was, you talk mm-hmm. about underground, it was really right. beneath the, the wave of what was happening. Sure, sure. And, but not really. <laughs> well, fun, no, not really. A disco, it, it, yeah. it, it appeared to have ter- my, uh, had to metamorphized into disco yeah. or something which yeah. which had the beat but that right. was like the least of it it yeah. didn't have much yeah it was it, it had the beat but somehow it was mechanical and right it, it was like well, that's not yeah. the spirit that's of not good that music at yeah. all uh now funk was uh, funk was kind of petering out then too mm-hmm. a little bit but, yeah but things was, were going on but yeah and rap was starting which would sample all this right. stuff you know give it new life but and, uh, uh but i like to feel like i used to have a boss that would say oh we he, he the guy that owned the bookstore actually where i worked david and he would say we all carry our grain of sand or something like that and i'm like you know yeah whenever they they you know james brown gets his uh kennedy center honors or something like right. that i'll think you know james oh yes i was helping you out a little bit way oh, back yes. when when back nobody was playing keeping your stuff it going you know yeah so. no you definitely did yeah so definitely i did. feel good yeah. about that yeah yeah, yeah. All well, right. full cycle full uh, circle all right whatever well scott thank you i really oh, yeah thank you for doing oh, this yeah. my pleasure thank yeah. you for asking me all right and this has been uh this chalky confidential here on wvud and wvud hd1 newark and my guest this morning was jerry grant <laughs> Yay! <laughs> bye-bye but I can remember us having like get off my cloud and and rambling gambling man like in the in the rotation early i think we just finally decided to to do, uh, I'll tell the whole story. I'm, I'm kind of blowing the whole thing. I'll, I'll tell it later on. But um, you know what we were asked to do. We came in during the Ron Whiteside, uh, Ron Whitehead uh, period, where he brought in people. Maybe Carl. I'm not sure. But do you remember the year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, it was '77 or '78. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. And uh, but we'll talk about that. So. I still, so later on, I would go to Slazy Adam, put on South Pacific, 
and this is hopefully this is as political as we'll get, but there's a, an attorney in the news now um, as we speak here in 2020 uh, named Joe DeGeneva, kind of a conservative, kind of conservative attorney and works for President Trump uh, in some capacity, I believe. But anyway, but he went to Sally's and he sang the lead in, in South, South Pacific. Pacific when I went and saw that in fifth in fifth grade. Yeah. So that would yeah. yeah. So anyway, so there's that. How about that? And um uh, and they, they and there was all that stuff going on in the yeah, early it labels. All, it was all you know, litigation VJ and stuff. Or yeah. Swan right, or, right, yeah. exactly, right. Yeah. Tolly, yeah. Twist and Shout yeah. was on Tolly. Yeah. Which, uh, the Delaware Art Museum a couple of years ago had a, an article about music in the 70s, I guess, and 80s in Newark and Wilmington. And I did a little thing about record stores um, there talking about like it like that, but also Wonderland and Wellington Dry Goods mm-hmm. and, and yeah, all, all the great yeah, record stores yeah. of those times. But I mentioned that 45s were also sold like at a five and 10 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And my favorite, the story I tell is that at Hoy's, we had a Hoy's five and 10 mm-hmm. in close to mm-hmm. us. And that's the days where they would sell like at Easter, they'd sell live chicks, right? The five and 10, you just would pick up some chicks yeah, like at the yeah, um, yeah. five and 10. And they would also, sometimes they'd have a little pool there at, at next to the cash register where you could buy a little turtle or something uh-huh. like that. Oh, yes. And, um, and I always said that the, you know, the, the store owner was convinced that the, the 45s that he was selling, because he had no interest in that either. It was something to sell. Just sell these yeah, 45s, yeah, you know, yeah. and somebody would come out what they call a rack job or somebody else would pick mm-hmm. exactly what 45s mm-hmm. went in there. This guy didn't care. Yeah. He didn't care about the turtles either. Yeah. He thought the records were going to last about as long as the turtles <laughs> were going to last. You know what I mean? Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to get that joke in there. That's good. Uh, so, but that's, you know, as you're, as you were growing your musical tastes uh, with the popular culture, you know, as Motown and Stax and some of those right. uh, songs became hits and crossed over across the, the you know racial divide and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you were right there with all that, I'm sure. Well, yeah, Just, gradually. I mean, uh, you know, uh, um, because the Beatles were covering Smokey Robinson and stuff, oh, well, sure, and, you know, sure. So Twist Although and I, I gotta say, and, at that moment, I wasn't really, I wasn't really. I mean, probably the first time I heard you really got a hold of me was by the Beatles. You know, I yeah. mean, I just. And meanwhile, I was I was liking Mickey's Monkey or whatever mm-hmm. the mirror. Yeah. I, I hadn't, but I hadn't oh, yeah. realized that. Well, this is the same guy, yeah. you know, yeah, and uh, things like that. But we right. So so the Beatles albums all, you know, you would read the liner notes. They had some information on them a little bit, so you kind of could learn that way about right music. You know, who was doing what. Get, getting to high school, I uh, one moment I had, they said like sophomore year, they said, "Well, bring bring some records to school." And we'll have a party or something. It's kind of odd for high school, but we did now, where so, did you go to so high I went school? To, I went to East Lazyana, uh-huh. 18th yep. and Broome. Yep. And uh, so I had some records. I brought in probably ten albums or something and laid them out in the back. And I'm was flipping through them, and, and a friend of mine, Frank, who is still to this day one of my best friends, uh, I'm flipping through, and he's looking over my shoulder, and he goes, "Oh yeah, some cool records." <laughs> I'm like, "What? <laughs> what?" Uh, if I remember, I had a lot of Beatles. I had the Animals. I love the Animals, oh, yes. yeah. and um, I also I had Jane the Americans' greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had the Temptations sing Smokey, which was one of their early that's albums. A great one. Yeah, and that's where you kind of learned who Smokey was. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, oh, Smokey's this yeah. guy, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I I, did, I don't think I had a James Brown record yet there. Uh, 
but uh, soon, soon, mm-hmm. but uh, probably another Motown record. I, oh, at Stax, I had, was one called like Stax Gold or something. I mean, they, I meant to research this before I did this interview, but it's got, what's the multi-armed, uh, uh, you know, God, God or goddess yeah. or creature um, of whatever. It might have something to do with Memphis, I guess, or something uh-huh. back in Greece or something. Yeah. And yeah. anyway, that was the cover of the album. It was like that statue, a drawing of right. that with, you know, it was one of those, still to this day, my favorite kind of album, which is an anthology of different artists. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I always, I used to always buy those records you got them all, all the time, in there. you know, yeah. just because yeah. like, oh, I get this, I get this, I get yeah. this, great, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I, I can still kind of get uh, itchy when somebody talks about album artists and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, a great, mm-hmm. it's a great album. It's great. Yeah. You know, get your, get your turn, get your, uh, stack up your records and have them fall down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you, they play what you want them that's, to play. That's the way. But anyway, so I had that in Memphis Gold. So Memphis Gold was something like, uh, I've Been Loving You Too Long by Otis Redding, Hold On, I'm Coming by Sam and Dave. The early stuff, of, yeah. uh, I think Bootleg or Hip Hugger was on right. there by Booker right. T. Uh, Carla Thomas, No Time to Lose, which mm-hmm. was one of my all-time yes. favorite records with Cropper just all over oh, yeah. the place. Oh, in yeah. And um, anyway, they were, that's what, that was my friend's, you know, uh, remark that uh-huh. oh, you have some cool some records, good, some cool records. And we would eventually, I would go over to his house and they, he and a friend of his had, uh, tons of soul records and black records in yeah. general. Yeah. And they were already moving a couple of years later. Uh, his friend would kind of move on to jazz and tell me and BJ, Oh, come on down my house. I'm getting rid of all my 45s and albums. And it was all soul. All was like, great yes, stuff. Yeah. Yes, we'll yes, take this. We're, we're going through. I'm like, Oh, I can't believe you're giving up on this stuff. <laughs> Uh, I had a girl, uh, had a, a girl too, right? That just one time said, "Oh, here, Jerry, you take this. You know, you just, here, get, I'm getting rid of this stuff." And it was "Fine, Fine Boy" by Darlene Love, uh, or is, or either she's the Crystals or Darlene Love on that one. I forget right mm-hmm. now, but you know, my boy, he's a fine, yeah. fine, super fine boy. <laughs> well, you couldn't have that in the '60s. You yeah. know what I mean, or the early '70s. Yeah. Go, God forbid, yeah. get rid of that record. I I'll, said, "I'll take it. I'll take that." You know, you know that line. You know that line, Sebastian from. Uh, uh, no one Cats. will play them, but I will. Nobody wants them, <laughs> but I will. Uh, yeah. So, um, but I'm looking at this board here. I think I'm kind of overloading the whole world here by getting all excited here. All right, here, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, right. So then, so that was my record collection in high, high school. So I'm collecting like that. Right. And then we have the, uh, and I'm listening to Wham. We haven't talked much about radio. So, no. so the early days, I'm always listening to Whams yeah. all the time. Yep. Uh, I have a strong memory of uh, of a Saturday what Roger Holmes, who we were so lucky oh, later yes. on to have him oh, here yes. at WVUD, but he was the the jock during the week, and he also did the top forty of the countdown, whatever it was, on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. And I can just remember him. Well, it's become cloudy now, but I was sitting there at the table. I remember that, and he said, "Well, number one this week is I swear he said Solomon Burke, but I could be wrong. It was Solomon Burke with whatever." He said, but the big news is the group from Britain moving from you know moving from thirty to thirteen is the Beatles. With I want to hold your hand, and, and, and like oh, yeah. I, you know, I was like, whoa, here we go. And that of course goes back to the observation a lot of people have made on this series, which is that AM was just full of oh uh, the whole everything oh, was on AM everything you know well, you know, uh, you know I, I'd sit on the back patio with Whams and you'd hear the Young Rascals and you'd hear. You know, the soul music and the Motown and the British invasion when that hit. Sure. Just sure. one right after the other, just just like WVUD is today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
What did I hear the other day? I heard uh, 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 by the Bee Gees. I heard uh, well, one of the lesser hits there with the, one of the Barry the Barry yeah. Gibb you know things. Oh, uh, do not get me started uh, on the Bee Gees. I'm trying to get a message I to love, you or something like yeah. that. Or oh, it was, anyway, started a joke. And or, I, I thought, uh, right, exactly. Yeah. And oh. I just thought, wow, that was right in there with yeah. James Brown oh. and Buck Owens, and you know, oh, yeah. it was just whatever. And was you know, there all the, the soul time. guys covered those guys. You know, they all did "To Love Somebody," or they oh, do. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, Otis was Otis so Ray great at covering, yeah, you know, sure, covering uh, and just soulifying all those. Uh, oh, sure. And of course, the British Invasion was just throwing it all back at us. You know, Chuck Berry and right. Jerry Lee and Carl Perkins. Oh, just, yeah, uh, that's how. Well, that's you how know, it started. the animals and John Lee and just. Here, you guys are so dumb. It's coming right back at you. <laughs> right, exactly. And it was oh, it was just great. It was. I mean, I'm sure a lot of those guys just thought, oh, my career is over. I mean, I just yeah. whatever. Oh yeah. You know, all those chess of guys and stuff, <clears throat> and just like yeah. not over, but just yeah. I'm, I'm in a yeah. grind, yeah. and all of a sudden you're not in the grind anymore. You're no, getting they're paying getting, gigs. Yep, you know, yep, I mean, yeah. with a new so, audience, so great. Uh, yeah. The kids, you know, exactly. kids are discovering them. So what, that, what I said to Carl and his interview with the same kind of happened with bluegrass people like Carl yeah. and Goldstein who, who hosts our bluegrass pro, one of our bluegrass programs here on WVUD, but has another organization called the Brandywine friends of old time music, which put on a bluegrass festival. And one side line of that is he's creating jobs. <laughs> you know, he's absolutely, they're setting up, yeah. a, they're setting up a circuit of, of festivals like in the summer, yep. the warmer months. Yep. And, these guys who have been just being local favorites suddenly can just come up north and make some money. Getting popular you know I mean? up here. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. It's just yeah. great, great. It is. It's a great, great cycle. Um, Did you start playing music? Yeah, uh, yeah. I So I, Jerry Williams was my friend who played guitar, and we never got together, I don't think, in high to satisfy sister in grade school. But by the time uh, freshman or sophomore year, sophomore year in high school, we had a band together. Our first band was called The Overdose. Our bands were never really popular bands. Mm-hmm. The first band was called The Overdose. We had me and another guy just sang. There's the band there. There's five people in the band, and two of them are singing. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway. Uh, oh, I like that. <laughs> and uh, and there was no bass. So there was a, a, a rhythm guitar and a lead guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy named Frank Lally, actually, who now is like a union official in, in Wilmington, but he was a really good guitar player in high school. He was from over in Newcastle. Remember how Newcastle was kind of this like secret, yeah. the supply of like incredible yes. musicians yes. and stuff. And uh, so he played and we had Billy Stefano on drums. Anyway, so we did, I'm sure we did some Beatles stuff. We did a lot of animal stuff. We did mm-hmm. a song called Blue Feeling off the first or second album. Uh, we did hit the road jack by by them. You know, mm-hmm. we only really yeah. knew it by them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, what else did we do? Uh, oh, I, I sang Stupid Girl by the Stones. Mm-hmm. I, I sang. Great one. <laughs> Don't play with me because you're playing with fire. That's a great that one. one. And uh, yeah. anyway. Those so. early stones were so good. Right. Oh, yeah. I should also say the first band I was in was called The Overdose. We had no knowledge of drugs whatsoever. I mean, none of us had touched anything. Yeah. I mean, we didn't yeah. know what the hell we were talking no. about. But And Animals, uh, it, just as a side note, I still think they're one of the underrated gems oh. of that British invasion stuff. I mean, sure, they had hits. Uh but they were right. great hits, you know. They well, they were didn't just, write their own stuff no, enough, no. you know, yes, to get right. to that, right. that kind of cred. That's right. And uh, and they kind of changed. They changed personnel a yeah. lot too. Yeah. Although the core was always there, but Alan that's, Price, who was right. who was 
one half of the brains of the operation. Yeah, he left. He left early. Yeah. And uh, oh, but yeah, they just—I mean, oh. just their recording of *House of the Rising Sun* yeah. Oh, yeah. is like yeah. in the top ten or yeah. top fifty yeah. of a million different lists. Do you right. know what I mean? I mean, oh yes, it, oh yes, it, yeah, just a classic. Try singing, try singing that no, you know, no. someday. Still can't you know, do right. it. Right? No, you can't do it. <laughs> and uh, everybody plays their part. The arrangements mm-hmm. impeccable, and yeah, you know, just nice. Yeah, so good. I just heard the other day they did on animalization. They had a song called uh, "Cheating." You know I've been cheating, yeah. And I hate to say it now that Tom Petty's deceased, or whatever. But "Breakdown" by Tom Petty, uh-huh. who I know, right off, I know loved loves the, the animals. animals. Yeah. He loved the animals. Yeah. He subconsciously oh. was like rewriting cheating into, yeah. into "Breakdown." Oh yes. I mean, you know, you yeah. Know, whatever. Oh yes. But uh, I never wanted to say it too loud because I like Tom Petty. <laughs> oh, I love know, Tom so. Petty. And yeah. I, I don't think he would have taken offense yeah. that he said, you know, oh, it's in there. Well, right. You know, well, you discovered it after the fact, too. You yeah. Know, when yeah. people say, oh, he stole that. From yeah. Some, well, sometimes they're stealing and sometimes it's just like George just, Harrison with My Sweet Lord. It's, it's just in, in there. It's in there yeah. somewhere and yeah. whatever. So. There are only so many notes. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the overdose. So we played. My bands were always like in school years. So um was probably like the second semester of sophomore year. We played a lot back in those days. The gigs were really uh, battles of the bands. They mm-hmm. were the big, yeah. The high schools it's would all popular. have Bobby, yeah. battles of the bands, and yeah. I'll just describe what that is for people. But different bands would come. They'd bring their equipment and they'd set up in the four corners, the five corners, whatever of the gymnasium, and play. And then somehow the winner was decided, either by applause or by some mysterious yep. other way. Yep. I was in one band where we won, and the prize was. An eighty-dollar gig at Corpus Christi, like in a month from now or something. It's like that was the prize. Nice. I'm like, wow, is that yeah. what we signed up for? Yeah. Anyway, so um, uh, so yeah, Bows of the Bands, and here's something that also will kind of date it. Um, let's go to my next band. So the next band is like say in sixty. So right, I graduated in sixty-nine. So that band is really in sixty-eight. All right. So then we've ha- I've had my magnificent men moment, and we all have kind of agreed. Even when the overdose, we all loved. Otis Redding and mm-hmm. and we did. Yeah. I remember Highlit would have like a TV show on where he would show. I think he was showing like clips from Ready Steady Go or something yeah. like that. Yeah. He had some kind of arrangement yeah. or something like that. So we we were getting the, the live idea mm-hmm. of. And then there was also, of course, um, Shindig mm-hmm. and those shows where you could mm-hmm. see the bands kind yeah. of kind yeah. of perform yeah. uh, live. Not always, but most of the time, lots of times, stuff like that. So suddenly we got the idea we should have horns. So <clears throat> we got a bass player. And we got a new guitar player, and we got another guy in addition to my, my friend Frank, who said you have a few, you have a few cool records. He joined. I should mention the lead singer in the Overdose was a guy named Mike Kulesha, known as Spool. Uh, he was from St. Hedwig's, and he stayed on. He was still the lead singer with the Soul Children. That was our next band. Okay, Be- before there was actually a band called the Soul Children, uh-huh. we should have litigated, but we didn't. <laughs> and uh, so we. Uh, <laughs> And then we had horn player. The one consistent horn player was my brother who was taking trumpet lessons, who I think was five years younger than I am or so. So he was, so we're like juniors. So he's like in sixth or seventh grade or something. He's tiny, but he could play really well. About that. And, uh, and then we'd get people who were taller than him, which was everybody to be the 
the sax player. Mm-hmm. And we had one corny guy that would say, it's good because, you know, he's so small, I can kind of look down at him and see what he's playing. <laughs> so that was an early use of delay. That nobody <laughs> have one horn player playing a fraction of a second after right the other him. horn player. We were ahead of our time. Anyway, uh, and we went through, we had a girl who was a twin of some other girl. And uh, I remember we played at Sanford, uh, Sanford Preps, like prom or something, or Sanford. We played at Ursuline a lot. Uh, our singer would jump off the... Uh, stage like like james brown or something get down on his knees and stuff and he did it at ursuline and, and the stage was like four or five feet off the ground why did he do that i think he kind of hurt, <laughs> hurt himself, yourself you know and later on you found out that mitch Ryder and james brown and them were all wearing like knee pads yeah. and stuff yeah, you know they what I mean? but we didn't know no, what did no, we no. know but he gave his life for rock and roll anyway uh so we had horns and so we played in battles. So what I was trying to say was earlier, <laughs> this is going to be hell to edit this way, so I'm just <laughs> babbling. I'm like the worst guest ever. Uh, uh, you would always be this way. I remember at McCain, it was this way. We, there was a battle at McCain. And somebody would come out, we'd be loading the equipment in, and somebody would come out and say, you know, say, what's it look like? And somebody would say, uh, two soul bands and three psych bands. We would, you know, psych bands were, yeah. were opening with Fire by Jimi yeah. Hendrix yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Psychotic and, reaction. You know, and we were playing Knock on Wood. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, yeah. and that was kind of, and it was like, oh, so we'd figure out the odds. Are we going to win? I mean, yeah. we, we hardly ever yeah. won, you yeah. know? But, yeah. but that was kind of how it broke down. And that's mirroring like radio at the time, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which was, we're all loving Whams. Whams was top yeah. 40 yeah. and that stuff like that. And then I think even... Maybe around that, maybe 66 or so, WFIL in Philly. Yeah. Um, which we couldn't really, south of Wilmington, we couldn't get Philly stations right. that well. Right. But Wibbage. We got or, the, uh, right, Wibbage, we never got Wibbage. Never got it. I got it yeah. later on yeah. in the car, I guess, yeah. or something. Yeah. But I mean, that was probably half my problem and half the geography, geography right. problem. Right. Right. But suddenly, I, I can remember too, like in junior year in high school, somebody saying, oh, yeah, man, we're listening to the underground. I'm like, what? Yeah, oh, the underground. You got to check it out, you know? So. And a lot of it, now the way we were exposed to it, say, was in these battles, would always have some guitar player take a solo for like 12 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. we're like, God, get us away from yeah. this stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so so we, we didn't really catch on that way. But what we did, we finally, we could get WDAS AM, uh, which was like, when was 1380. ILM was fourteen fifty, so I think uh, like DAS was like fourteen twenty or something like that, and that was a black AM station playing all the stuff that we loved, uh, uh, filtered already through the AM right. through the pop right. stations like right. DEL and yeah. FIL. But here it was nonstop, yeah. and with some other stuff that we had never heard before. Yeah. You know, yeah. like maybe not every James Brown record was James Brown was too wild right. for, for oh yeah for music directors at the big stations. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. so. Suddenly we're like, whoa, here's the real stuff right over here. So we just started listening to that all the time. Yeah. So everybody, is that still AM or is that's that a, that's, that's AM. AM. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. Yeah. Now, we, I didn't even realize at the time that they've got the station's owner's son uh, called my son's, my father's son or something. He's doing an FM experimental thing on F- DIS FM. Uh-huh. But I will say I was not yeah. aware of that at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And then a few years later, or whatever, MMR would start and stuff like that. Right. But I was kind of unaware of that stuff. Uh, yeah. I was unaware until I went to college yeah. of all that stuff. I really. was too. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. 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 I, one moment at Sally's was, we were uh, just, FIL took over the Sally's dance for a brief time. Usually it was just a local operation. 
and it was in the gymnasium and the sound, ladies and gentlemen, you, oh, say, you just yes. you know, you just had <laughs> the sound coming out of the rafters, like, you know, whoa, whoa, and now it's a slow song. Okay, thank you. You know, just it was, you know, whatever. Uh, but FIL came and lined up these speakers on each side of the, and wow. was like, whoa. Yeah. And so one night after the dance was over, we're talking to the guy, a guy named Alan, somebody or other, who was supporting, there'd be the big day, Chuck Browning or whoever, you know, Long Long John, right, whatever, right. whatever. And then he'd, he'd have his boy who was actually schlepping all the stuff around and, and playing the records, actually. Uh, and so we're, and the guy said, oh, have you heard this one yet? And he puts on, there was a time by James Brown, which is a one chord wonder of just, and it's, and it's edited down from a live thing. So it's just kind of noise, but it's like. Oh, it's like, whoa. And it's like super volume. And it's just, that's a moment I'll yeah. never forget. Yeah. Like, and I had not yeah. heard it. I had yeah. not heard it. I'm like, listen to that. Awakening. I, I still play that on, yeah. on on Hip City Part 2. I mean, it's it's a great record. Yeah. I didn't know it, it ends up, it was an edit. It was all kinds of things that mm-hmm. it was, but it was great. Another thing at these dances that I wanted to mention, I've mentioned them during some of the other shows, was they would bring down, when FIL was there, they would bring down artists to the dances to promote their records. And in hindsight, now I realized that it went something like, we'll start out in Philadelphia, we'll start out in North Philly, and we're going to end up in Wilmington, Delaware Uh at 11 o'clock at Uh night. Because my father would be like one of the chaperones. Like if we were playing the gig, I mean, I don't think that one band, none of us had driver's license yet. So, and he'd be there. And then, so I'm, I'm jumbling up about five stories here. The FIL string of dances at Sally's ended when somebody got kicked to death out front of Slazianum. Not that there was cause and effect there. The dances became really popular. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but it's too long of a story. But anyway, a couple weeks later, it could have been the Fantastic Johnny, Fantastic Johnny C who did Boogaloo Down Broadway. Mm-hmm. Or who else did I see? Billy Harner could have been uh, a woman named Patty Drew who did a song called Tell Him That I Love Him. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa. All those people would come in and sing their record. And so it's like 11... The dance is supposed to be over at 11. It's like 11 5. You know, Johnny C's on the way. And, and my father's going to the priest saying, you know, we just had an incident here two weeks ago. Why are you, why are we going past, uh, why are we going past 11 o'clock? It's yeah. time to end the dance. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and uh, the, the priest said, my father, oh, don't worry. Oh, we have to be good to the artist. They're doing it gratis. I never heard that term, mm-hmm. doing it gratis. Yeah. And you're doing it gratis. Yeah. My father said, you're doing it gratis. What, that doesn't, matter to anybody but you know but whoever you have your contract with or whatever but anyway so they would come down and they would lip sync their hit record right and then get applause yeah, and, and if it was enough applause they they'd sing it again <laughs> I mean, they, would, they would lip sync the same record again. easy encore and by lip syncing first i mean they weren't singing live yeah not to say they couldn't yeah but yeah. there was no they weren't yeah. traveling with any band they yeah. were just going yeah. from dance to dance Lipping their record yeah. so you could say, oh, and, that, and then you'll yeah. go out Monday and you'll buy the record yeah. or something because you yeah. saw them do that. Yeah. And it, the lowest rung of show business, kind of, you know what I mean? The, doing the Catholic Absolutely. school dances or yeah. whatever they were yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the time. So that was a little lesson to learn. I also learned what gratis meant too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there are little teachable moments in the being in a band because, you know, being in a band, yeah. you learn all kinds oh, of stuff. Oh, you're yeah. learning stuff your peers aren't necessarily learning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, third band I was in. We were called the solicitors. So I, I kind of left the guys I had been with for two years. Uh, I hooked up with these other guys, a guy named Justin. This was back in the days when there were like only one or two people named Justin. Mm-hmm. Also, Charlie Butler, who's now a superior court judge or so, and is also kind of my in-law kind of now. Uh, a guy named Ricky Benson, who was a great sax player, uh, who I still see to this day. My brother Jim, who has stayed with me the whole 
into this new band. So he's getting a little bit old. He's a year older now, but Ricky was a really good sax player. So they were, nice. it, was, it was a much better horn yeah. section, yeah. you know, and I'm, I should talk about my fabulous keyboard ability, but I, <laughs> so my, my band, my band story is you're so nice to be doing this guy. So he say, <laughs> you let me tell all these ridiculous stories. Uh, my first band, I just, I was one of the singers. I just sang second band. I sang and played keyboards Third band, I just played keyboards. So there, there, there's my career arc How right there. That? Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so I had a keyboard. It was an organ. I got a lady to teach me piano. She was in my parish. She ended up teaching at the Wilmington Music School. Her name was Marge Roddy. I think she became huh. kind of famous as a piano teacher, yeah. but not through her work with me, for sure, because she let me kind of, I think we compromised. She would pick out some songs, and I would pick out some songs. Uh, we did paint it black, for instance. Mm-hmm. So the left hand of paint it black is do 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 yeah. do do do. It's, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. Paint it black. I did uh, Twilight Time by the Platters. Wow. Uh, for no one by the Beatles, which mm-hmm. is a great piano yeah. song. Yeah. You know. Anyway, yeah. so it's me, and I'm 16, and I'm telling her what I want to learn. So, and I'm practicing a little bit, but you know what I mean. I'm just I'm practicing with the band yeah. more than I yeah, am. Yeah. So the time comes, and here's a story we'll tell to go out and buy a keyboard for me okay so my father and i go to i think which was was a drum shop you know a trade name the drum shop yeah and was there one like in trolley square or it was just up the up delaware avenue from trolley square okay. just up and you know considered trolley square area right the right drum shop sure right so they show us one and it's and it's and i had no you know i didn't know from what you know Farfisa wasn't was entering the language, uh-huh, you know. Everybody right. had a Farfisa, but right. I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't, you know. So this guy says, "Oh, we have these on sale," and they were Reem R H E E M. Now you may know Reem as manufacturing your water heater. That's huh. I mean, that's what they did. Uh-huh. But they just slapped their name on keyboards for a while. There was How some about that? there was some brothers named Roberts or something who had made some, and they just Reem just brought them in and said, we're going to put our name on your mm-hmm. and you guys organs make and make it. a million dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it was a ream. So it was kind of, you know, I've seen others since then. Of uh, reams. I didn't uh, have the only one, but yeah, I'm we, not familiar I, with it. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Right. Right. It came in really handy in the punk era because it sounded really tinny. You nice. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it was yeah. really yeah. nice. It was perfect yeah. for that. You yeah. Know? We, we negotiate. My father was a purchasing agent at DuPont. All right. So he knew how to work a deal. He thought, so we buy the organ and say it was like, I think $125 or something, which I'm thinking now he's a fifth kid has arrived. So he's got five kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I had a high school job, I think, but whatever. Then the salesman says, now you need an amp. Oh yes. And my father father said, what? What? He said, you just sold me this thing, which plugs into the wall Mm -hmm. for $125, but it won't make a sound. Unless I buy this other thing that you have over here. so They were good over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was another life lesson there. Yeah, but so yeah. I think I bought, it was a Gregory or something? It was a Mark 20? Uh-huh, I don't know uh-huh. what I, you yeah. know. We oh, yeah. were, because we I also bring up all the time that you guys that live north of Wilmington, you guys, you know, it was a different economic uh level you know i mean so we would go to some of these guys that had voice of the theater i think i told you this story before voice of the theater speakers and stuff i remember that 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 battle at ursuline these guys had voice of the theater was like it filled up half the gymnasium oh they were huge oh god you know and uh we have our little and our our speakers for our 
vocals yeah. were homemade. One guy's father, Jerry's father, was a we car- had homemade a carpenter, yeah. and oh, they yeah. looked great. And I think yeah. they sounded put all a right. couple of little speakers yeah. in there, right, and, right, uh, right. Yeah, put some put leather handles some, on them or some whatever, plastic mm-hmm. wood on the side. Yeah, you know, exactly. Stick wood on the side. <laughs> right, sure, exactly. I think yeah. it might have been contact. Yeah, paper, exactly. Right? That's what yeah. ours were. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Oh, right. we were. We thought we yeah. were bad, <laughs> <laughs> and we sounded bad. Well, that reminds me of another one, which was that we went with uh, that ba- – what band? I think that was The Overdose. So that's going way back. But we went – and we might have talked about this earlier too. But we went to the Brown Derby, mm-hmm. uh, which is now – I guess where 495 is now. On Governor Prince. Uh, Governor Prince Boulevard, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, but it was an adult club – but that it, for one magic moment, they would specialize in young bands and kids. Right. Well, I think they lost their liquor license. Ah. I, I think that's why ah. that happened. Uh-huh. I think it was Jody Ambrosino. I think it was actually a, a that te- sounds right a, a teacher yeah. At, yeah. at school. Yeah. And but I think they lost their license, so they went teen. That's right. W- while they had yeah. to work to get their license back, I could be wrong. Yeah, that's that always the story right. I heard. That sounds right. Because it was kind of you know. But but you're right. When we were there, it was it was teens all over the place. So. I'm thinking of this band, oh, the Bards. They were called the Bards. No. The Turfs? The Turfs, maybe, the Turfs. They had huge speakers. They had huge speakers, and they were set up behind the bar at, at the bar. It was, uh-huh. it was a nightclub. It was set yeah. up like a nightclub. Yeah. So they put these speakers behind the bar, and I think they even had platforms like behind the bar. Yeah, yeah. Now, that, now it makes sense. The bars weren't busy because they weren't selling alcohol. Right. They were selling right. sodas, yeah. I guess, or oh, something. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. And these speakers just like, whoa. And then actually the guy, whoever this was, I think I could enter. I go outside, and there's the guy outside in a convertible with like a girl, and I'm like, "Wow, this is really the way." Here this it is. is. This is, this it. is living the dream yep. right here. This is He's it. got a convertible. Yeah, it's a girl in the convertible, and inside he gets up behind the bar, up with these huge speakers, and I think he was singing "Paint It Black" too, as I uh-huh. recall, or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, so that's 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 good stuff. <laughs> that's good stuff. That anyway. was one of George Thurgood's favorite spots was the oh, yeah. Brown Derby. Well, yeah. you know, another thing that happened there to kid. us too was we were like, they would put, we were in one of the bands, we just probably only played there twice, I think, and they'd put us over on the side. The main band would be like behind uh-huh. the bar or something. Yeah. They put us on the side and we had this primitive thing. Again, uh, one of our fathers was a construction guy. So he had like a, a multiple, you know, extension box, like a, a junk, a hardcore yeah. piece, a heavy thing you yeah. carried in that had four or six or eight outlets in it, and that was ours. Well, of course, that had one plug that went to the wall. Well, you're just asking for it. You yeah. know, in the middle oh, of yeah. our song, somebody pulls the plug out of the wall. You know, like, everything you cuts. Know. Oh, yeah. Man, we're up here in, we're up here in Edgemore. Oh, yeah. The big time. Oh, yeah, working and hard. And you're pulling the plug out of us, you know. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, so that so so let's go to the third so the third band with Justin and Charlie, um, and my brother and a guy named Larry Iuri. Uh, anyway, so we got somebody new to African American guys from McCain who had been in probably like a quartet or something before, like probably like a Temptations type deal uh-huh. or something. But they were talked into coming with us, and they would be our singer. So. And we did pretty well. Well, we sounded good. They, yeah, you know, we would do a lot of like sweet soul and stuff like that. We would do uh, Delphonics and, mm-hmm. and Intruders and things like that. Yeah, uh, we did. We did do James Brown. That we did do. There was a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what else, what else we did? We did. Uh, I'm going to make you love me by the Temptations and the Supremes. Those guys could sing, and they made fun of us a lot. And we had we had fun. We had a yeah. good time. That was the third band. So and I remember them at a battle. I remember the ba- the battle was. 
I can re- remember where they were. So the co- comfort was in one corner. Yeah. And I had gone to grade school with uh, Don DeForest. Uh-huh. He had gone to St. Matthew's like until fourth grade or so. Suddenly there he is singing and with totally long hair and yeah. everything else singing. Yeah. And I remember they did pay, Paying the Cost to Be the Boss, which I knew by Benny King, yeah. by B.B. King. Somehow, yeah. somehow I knew that. But And I guess it ends up it was the Watsons in that uh, band Gary Watson was. I, yeah. did, I didn't know who no, they I, were. I heard yeah. them once. They were great. I mean, they were doing soul, and then they were doing songs from the first Buffalo Springfield album. I mean, back when all those songs were everywhere, but you know, they yeah. would do a soul tune, do a real hard rocker, did and they then do, do kind of. They do. I got a line on you, maybe by. I think Spirit. they did. Was I that, think they you know, did. I think yep. it might have been one of their yep. big numbers or something. I think that was I mean, one I was of their big. Kind of impressed by. Yeah, that. yeah, I was very impressed with. Um, yeah. Another guy named uh, Dave was in that band. Um, I met him years later at the beach, but. Uh, down in Rehoboth. But yeah, they, that was a good band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were impressive. Yeah. They were impressive. Yeah. The other corner was Anthem, which mm-hmm. was a horn band. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that name. I believe Pete Booker was in yeah. that band. Yeah, And yeah. probably a lot of those, seems like the horn bands in Delaware have, it's almost like a straight line. Yeah. Maybe from Anthem, I don't know. Pete, the guy that tunes pianos. Pete, Pete Mayforth. Pete Mayforth, yeah. right, you know. Yeah. He might have been in the Anthem, I'm not uh-huh. sure. But they did... I mean, this is still high school. This is 69. So I don't know. Was a vehicle out by then? Or it's probably before that. It was, and it was before Chicago even, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I don't, you know, they must have been playing soul too, But all I the guess. soul songs yeah. had horns. And, right, uh, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And they had a big sound. Yeah. My, the other half of the band I had used, used to have been in found a guy named Al Brown, a black guy from Wilmington. Uh, who did choreography, did the whole bit or something. They were backing him up in another corner. And then also across from us was a group called the Four Souls, huh. which were four African-American guys yeah. from the east side, yeah. I guess, who were very cool too. Yeah. So it was kind of a cool battle. It was yeah. just, you know, it was oh, just yeah. uh, Great and, stuff. And, oh, and probably the Marshmallow Garden. I mean, there were two of them, but the one that was from Wilmington with Wayne Rizzo and uh, Mouse Moransky and the, huh. De- the DeNest brothers, I don't know. And um, they did... You know, we ain't got nothing yet. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and parchment farm. And did you uh, ever run across a band in those days called the Poor Richard Five? Uh, I think they were AI Dupont, um, but they had the Farfisa organ, and they had a singer from Kennet, uh, who I think just kind of went off into the nether type stuff. But they were doing a lot of animals. And a lot of that kind of stuff. Did they dress um, by any chance? Did they? I saw them a couple times. They may have had like matching CPOs or something. I don't even uh, know what that is. What's uh, it? It was like a Nehru kind of a look. Okay. Kind of, yeah, um, I was going to say a blazer. Yeah, I, I saw them, was, but without the collars. You know, kind of. It was like a, you know, just of the '60s type look, but it, you know, a collarless kind of a thing. I don't know what CPO stood for, but we got huh. them. Our band, you know, saved and went out and got them right away. Went out and got them. I think probably because the poor Richard Five, we saw them at a pool party or something. But but there were so many great bands back then. Just you know, tons and tons of these high school. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The 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 glory days of garage bands. You know, yeah. There was another band called Mike and the Mardells from Elkton, and they we would see them at various at high school dances, and then one night we saw them at Newark uh, Fire Hall. And they, they would cover like whatever was current. They did Yellow Balloon. You remember yeah. Yellow oh, Balloon? Yeah. It's like yeah. a Yellow Balloon. Yeah. Like nobody was doing yeah. that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then they went into like like a Sinatra thing or something. It ends up they had a 
a, a wedding band. They had another whole gig going yeah. on in addition yeah. to this yeah. one. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that is that's, really cool. That's very cool. Right. Very but cool. just to see Yellow Balloon, I'm yeah. like, wow, you, you know, some of us have thought about that, but yeah. didn't really do yeah. it. Yeah, they, yeah. All right, I could tell a million of these stories. Oh, we, just, yes. we, can't, we can't do all these stories. So that's, all right, so there's that. All right, so that's high school playing in bands. So listening to radio, I'm still listening to DIS AM mainly, soul music. But I, but I always listen to Whams and, yeah. and FIL back in those yeah. days had a strong signal, so yeah. we could get that. And all the disc jockeys and stuff. We didn't even talk about disc jockeys, but yeah. disc jockeys were characters back in those oh, days. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. And uh, I remember when uh, Whams, the morning guy, uh, left and a new guy named tom crane came and he so they were always giving traffic and all kinds of things in there he he's always say possum park road i really want to get down there and find out where possum park road is <laughs> anyway oh they were all characters uh, yeah right. i went to school with karen holmes roger's daughter oh and of course wendy holmes is a dear friend of ours now but um I, I was in awe of her just because she was Roger Holmes' daughter. You know, Sure, say, sure. I heard your dad on the radio last night. Man, he was so cool. And she'd say things like, well, he thinks we're cool. He, <laughs> he, he'd say things like, you know, he'd come down from visiting Greenwich Village and say, you kids have it so lucky to be young at this time oh, wow. of the world, you know, musical and otherwise. But, yeah, yeah he was so cool. He was oh, so that's cool. nice. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. You know, this jockeys, it seems like. They either they were with the program where they were guests. Mm-hmm. Some guys yeah. were just some guys had signed up for like Harry James. And yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> Harry James oh, wasn't yeah. it anymore. No, no. And they're still having to play these records. You know. Yeah. I'm sure I'm probably leaving some stuff out, but um, you know that's kind of musical, ra- music and radio through high school. Yeah. for me, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have to mention though, while you were a DJ, you had one of the hottest bands in Delaware. With the commotions, yeah, great right. band, yeah. great band. Thanks but for saying that. That yeah. was a that was a kickback kind of a band at the time, uh, right? I thought, right? Uh, but I, I saw you several times around town, and uh, always real enjoyable. Well, thanks for saying yeah. that. Right? Yeah. We weren't the great music. We were the punk era was made for us, right? You know, we were all kind of yeah. Well, well, you had the great energy and the great songs, you know. Right, uh, right. Yeah. We had good. Uh, we picked good songs to cover, and then we had a couple guys in the band that could write some yeah, stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that got us in some doors too. That, that was a fun band. Although true, one time up at Dobbs, though, you know the guy. What was the guy's name? Long John or something? And uh, he said something like, "Play some original stuff." Well, you know, we don't. We had already, but we did some yeah, covers. So then yeah. we, we played. We played. There was a band called the Sinceros. All right, you've probably never heard of the Sinceros. Nah. Their album was called "The Sun, The Sound of Sunbathing," but we we did one song called "Quick, Quick, Slow," which and so we did that. Well, he didn't know. Yeah, he said, "That's what I'm talking about." Yeah, great. You gotta get the hell out of here, will you? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So we had a good. Yeah, commercials yeah. was good. My brother yeah. had grown up by that time, yeah. and yeah. he played keyboard in that. Uh, he he and I both played keyboards. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> which was oh, not, yes. not the punk aesthetic at all. I it guess was we were gr- oh, prefiguring it was, the eighties. Very I guess, cool. There. Yeah. No, it's very cool. And uh, we had uh, two guys, the, 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 Donnie great, the great Don Challenger up front. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we put the good-looking guys up front. <laughs> just rule number one: <laughs> the good hair. And uh, <laughs> right, right. And we had Cecilia Friend on bass, mm-hmm. who we were going for all demographics yep, there. Yep, that was cool. And we had a kid named Mark Minatola on on drums, uh, who we just got like from a frat down here, mm-hmm. uh, just by like a note up on a on a, yeah. a window yeah. or something like yeah. that. We had yeah. the record store at that time, right? 
and right. we practiced in the back and yeah. everything. We'll, yeah. We'll give a shout out to Richard Hanloff, who, uh, from the Newark Hanloff family, which owns a lot, has owned a lot of properties in Newark and been yeah. one of the real yeah. uh, uh, foundational families uh, in town. And right. He let us, you know, I think yeah. we, I think we might have asked, can we practice in the back yeah. of the store? I don't yeah. think we even did, but he was very wide open to that kind of stuff. Well, like, and of like course, I like it like that records. Mm-hmm. You need to mm-hmm. give a shout out to that. That was just one of my absolute favorite daily stop up on Main Street on the other side when you're on the first store. Right, Loved right, it. right, and right. And then you moved across the street and into the, the mini, mini mall, mall right? And, uh, well, you've got a good memory. Oh, there, and I still have stickers on records. You know, the I like it like that sticker for dollar mm-hmm. ninety nine, or uh, you know, right? Because you had the used records, which was uh, yeah, nobody fan- was doing. Nobody that. was doing that. I, I should give a brief history of that. There, uh, a guy Wonderland had been the only game in town pretty right. much for many years, right? Uh, and then a guy named Jay, I forget his last name owned a place in that first location you're talking about called the, it was called the lazy J record ranch. Huh. And he primarily just sold used. Well, not, but well, yeah. half and half, yeah. say something like yeah. that. Um, and then two guys decided to try to open up a ticket, an independent ticket agency behind where he was. It, that was an old house. Uh-huh, you know? so right. There were right. Rooms, rooms behind rooms right. and stuff. So these two guys said they were going to start a ticket agency we might have talked about this before, but it's really hard to start a ticket. I mean, today it's impossible. Yeah, it, yeah. These days you'd have to go out and oh, know, yeah. borrow half a million dollars yeah, or something. Yeah. But those days they would you know, buy the tickets. They couldn't get tickets direct from anybody. So they would put like surcharges on them and stuff, but they would buy like on good faith. So my girlfriend at the time went back to work for them at their ticket agency. Okay. Cause they both, I think were keeping like their day jobs. Mm-hmm. At least they had yeah. that much sense. Yeah. So, a couple of times I got a call like at five o'clock in the afternoon from her. I mean, saying we're getting screwed on the, on the spinners tickets. Do you want to go up and see the spinners? Cause they, he had to eat They've the ticket. The tickets. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I got to go to the Latin casino and oh, see the spinners. Nice, and nice. Uh, I also saw Al Green that way, you uh-huh. know, just like yeah. the tickets yeah. were available. We've got some tickets. So anyway, so, right. So she's, so while she's do- doing that job, she says, Hey, lazy Jay, you know, he's a character. He, he, he's talking about selling this thing. And so the three, Don and BJ and I get together and say, gee, do we want to own a record store? And we were not practical people. We were typical hippies of the yeah, time or yeah. whatever. Um, but hey, it cost $3,600 to buy it. So we each borrowed $1,200 from our parents, cashing in old old uh, term yeah. insurance uh-huh. policies or uh-huh. something like that. And so we took it over from him and uh, BJ really ran the show for the first five or six years. Uh, and in hindsight, really had the good business head. We were very yeah. lucky that way. Yeah. So we had a hot wall and stuff. We couldn't. Jay had Jay had burned his bridges, like with the record distributor. Uh, Richmond Brothers was mm-hmm. one of the main ones, mm-hmm. and so we always had to write a check to Richmond Brothers, dated thirty days in the future when we bought our records. Yeah. So it's a hell of a way to live. Yeah. It's a horrible yeah. way to live. Yeah. You know, you're always going down to the bank president saying Help. you know can you <laughs> something's coming in tomorrow yeah and can, yeah. can you see me like for a day or something yeah. like that yeah that's how that operated but we had it right we but we the used everybody was into the used oh yeah we priced them really low you know we didn't yep. we, we didn't have the collector's mentality so much we put yeah. a couple things behind the counter that we thought might have some worth but you know if we gave you a dollar for it we usually charge two or three or something uh-huh. like that for yeah. that was the yeah but resulted in turnover. Oh, it resulted man. in everybody coming into the store yeah. that we loved. Musicians, oh, tons of musicians loved coming in. Loved it in there. And, yeah. uh, 
know, you could talk about music all day. Yeah. And we could oh, talk yeah. about music oh, yeah. all day. Oh, no. You know, I will say that about us. We yeah. knew. Oh, yes. We knew our music. Oh, yes. Yeah. I learned a lot hanging out in that store. And then punk, you know, we started in March of 76. Mm-hmm. And then, you know. I bought my copy of London you know, Calling mm-hmm. there. Uh, but, and I remember but, you saying, you know. eh, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's the kind of stuff. I should have Sheila be a guest here. But Sheila, my wife now, but back then just a kid uh-huh. buying records and she was a, U of D student, and she had heard something by Billy Holiday, and she came up to the counter, and Billy and uh, BJ was behind the counter, and she put like I think it's the Decca collection, like the later stuff, the '50s mm-hmm, stuff or something, mm-hmm, yeah. up there, and BJ said, "Is this your first uh, Billy Holiday album?" And she said, "Oh yeah, I just heard such and such the other day, and I really want." He goes, "You know, you should come come back Tuesday, and yeah. I'll have this is not the collection you want." She yeah. goes, no, I want this right yeah, now. Yeah, goes, yeah, no, 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 you no, don't. No, you don't yeah, want this yeah. one. Oh, well, you know. he talked me out of several purchases. You know, <laughs> great business, great business. Right. right, uh, right. I, I, you know, I mean, I hate to think of the, the. I remember I went up there with the first Ricky Lee Jones album, and the Roaches' first album. They're at the same time. This was, you know, I guess seventy six, seventy seven, whenever those mm-hmm. records came out. Mm-hmm. And I said. Um, you know, I've got five bucks. Which one? You know, which one do you recommend? And he like pushed the roaches aside and said, "You don't want that." <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's my guy. You know? <laughs> I, I later loved the roaches. Uh, sure, album, sure, of course. Sure, but uh, sure, no, no, no. He said, "You, you don't, you know, don't ever buy that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we. Uh, I mean, that's, and Sheila would throw that back at me all the time. Like, hey, there's there's your formula for success yeah. in business. Oh, yeah. oh don't buy that. Yeah, no, don't buy yeah. that. You yeah, know? And, but I mean, I yeah. loved it, you know. I mean, and I trusted both you guys all the time uh, back then to to you know tell me what was going on. Sure, uh, yeah. yeah. And we it was yeah. rare that we prevented somebody, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. It if was you were you a know, cute girl. We probably prevented oh, you from. You're like, on your own you, there. You've yeah. got to come back another day <laughs> yeah. and buy this other room. Uh, yeah, well, we had and we, you know we had a good time and we had various band. We we rehearsed the commotions re- re- rehearsed there. Another band popular at that time was the. the uh, um, with Tommy Conwell and, and oh yeah, and uh, before the Rumblers, the Zippers, uh, the Zippers. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, uh-huh, the Zippers. Right? right now, they didn't practice there, but one of their branch off uh, later projects uh-huh. rehearsed there. Yeah, uh, boy, I'm, I'm thinking who else we had, and we had another band after that. I think rehearsed there. So yeah. it was that was a nice little thing to yeah. do too. No, that know? was great. And actually, I, I should mention, I like it like that. We also had George Thorogood live in the store. I remember like twice. Yeah, uh, twice yeah. I believe I saw him up there once, and I remember I was in there one time. Well, the bookstore is right across the the hall in the mini David's bookshelf. Right, uh, right. And um, I was in there one Christmas time, and after George was a huge star, it was like a movie in the early days watching his his rise his career. Oh, you sure. You know, it was yeah. just like a movie. You're like because mm-hmm. I, I saw him at the Buggy Tavern when he didn't even have a bass. He just had Ron and George and Jeff, and uh, and it was so loud we left after half a song or, or song. You know, it's just like pinning our ears back, <laughs> and I'm saying they'll never make it. <laughs> You know, these guys have a contract? I don't think so. You know, next time I saw him, I was in the super box at the Spectrum doing the same show. But uh, he was in a David's bookshelf, I think, and he was talking to his mom, and the place was all like, that's George. That, 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 that's George. You know, and um, he had just bought his mom a car for Christmas. Wow. And so he's he's calling her, and he's talking for the whole store to hear. And he's going, you know, oh, don't worry about it, Mom. You know, it's a late model GT Dabadoo-doo, and, you know, you're worth every penny of it, Mom. And, you know, he's George. <laughs> uh, no, that was great. That was 
That was very much fun. Well, I told, I think I told you the story was he one day he decided to just put a chair outside of the store. It's still the mini mall in Newark, right. which doesn't stand really anywhere yeah. either. But it had various businesses inside, and a travel agency was like in the back and whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so George puts a chair out. And it's singing in the hallway, like singing like Wanted Man, you know, yeah, by Johnny Cash. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, just doing his acoustic thing, which had not been, was not well known at the right, time. But he's just, right. he's kind of trying it out, uh-huh. but just having, yeah. having yucks, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the, the ladies back at the tribal agency, like, called a landlord or something and say, is there some guy begging for spare change up front or something? we got a panhandler <laughs> out here. <laughs> he said, man, no, no, he's, he's, got, he's got an album, <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, right, right. Some of these stories have been told before in other, oh, yeah. well, in other well, episodes of This Jackie oh, Confidential. Yes. Oh, so yes. that's right, but that's okay. You can tell them a million times. <laughs> I did run, I interviewed Ron a couple of weeks ago, Ron Smith, uh, where we never really made it explicit that Ron Smith, who does the blue show here for many, many years yeah. on Friday nights yeah. on WVD, uh, was an original member of Absolutely. The George, Thur- George yeah. Thurgood and the Delaware yeah. Destroyers. He and, was before Billy Blau came in on bass. Ron was playing rhythm guitar, and right. they were in that Hound Dog Taylor mode of just two guitars sure. and drums george wasn't know. standing up I no mean, no I, he I, sat I, down I, yeah he mm-hmm. sat down and um years later uh, he I, I have it he did an album called party of one which he's doing all the acoustic blues i love that i love his acoustic yeah. blues type stuff because he'll do johnny cash and he'll do you know sure all those things that well you know i can i can even tie this back in here we can maybe we'll wrap this up here now but Remember I told you I, uh, in high school I had Jane American's Greatest Hits. Right. Well, flash forward to the George Thurgood years, and we're up. His girlfriend lived up on the corner of Hillside and West Main. Yep, yep. Uh, and we went, to, we went to a party. Right. Yeah. We went to a party with uh, Ernie Lundgren and, and Lisa Jack, who mm-hmm, were both mm-hmm. renowned musicians right. in town, and Bill O'Connor, and that, that whole crowd. Anyway, but it's the first time, like, and George is there. because Well, of course, because it's Kathy's house, yeah. whatever. And so uh, – you know, we're having a good time and stuff. And then George has guitar and he just starts playing just out of the blue. And it's like, wow, this is cool. And he does come a little bit closer by Janie Americans. I'm Boom. like, yes, thank you. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Boom. <laughs> you know, right. You know, you know. Oh, what did he do? He did like The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. He wasn't, a, he didn't care if anybody thought anything was hip or no, not. No, no, no. Here it is. I'm doing he this. Liked it. Check this song out. Anything he liked, he played. You'll like this after I play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, oh, yeah. Which is the attitude to have. And that's how you George, know? that's how George made it. Right, right. You know? Oh, BJ and I were driving up Academy Street and I'm like, oh, what's going on? And we, last night he goes, oh, I saw this band last night, George Thurgood and the Destroyer, something like that. Probably at a dorm, probably at Thompson or something yeah, like that down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said, oh, I said, what were they like? He goes, uh, he wasn't bad. He's a character. He's, you know, he plays all Chuck Berry and yeah, stuff like that. And yeah. so we keep talking. And I said, well, what songs did, what songs did they do? And he said, uh, no particular place to go. Johnny Be Good. And I said, oh, you mean he does all Chuck Berry? Is yeah. that what you're telling yeah. me? And well, I thought, and I had the same thing, like, where's that going? Yeah. You know? Well, right. you can edit this out, too, but we opened up for Sir Doug in, in uh, Bethesda. Wow. And they were just coming in on the new wave riding the wave of new wave with the Farfisa organ. And that was their sound as the Sir Douglas Quintet. Sure. So now they, they did an album and everything. And, you know, all their wives said, go, you know, capitalize on it. And they're getting endorsed by Elvis Costello and all these. So we got an opening Mm -hmm. slot with them and we're sharing the dressing room and they could not have been nicer. And Sir Doug is just as friendly as can be. And we say, we're from Delaware. He goes, you know, this cat, George Thurgood. And we go, oh, yeah, yeah, we know George. We're good buddies, you know, lying through our teeth. Yeah, we go way back. We're, we're the best of pals. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, man, 
this guy comes up to me in Texas, says, you know, you got to hear this blues man. He's a blues man from Delaware. It's all the blues. I go in here. It's just Chuck Berry. <laughs> He's just doing Chuck Berry. <laughs> uh, he said, that's him. Uh, that's him. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> I mean, and you're just right. The trajectory of his career was just, to watch it was oh, just it was like, like a, uh, I remember a buddy of yours from I Like It Like That with the frizzy hair. Um, was it Art or? Uh, uh, oh, Albert. Al, Albert. Al, Al, Al Ingber. Al, yep, oh, sure. Al. Uh-huh. And we would just sit and, you know, and we kind of do the next episode of the career of George Thurgood, the the taken off, you know. He'd say, well, he's got a new album coming out, and it's uh, Move It On Over. I said, not the Hank Williams song. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, he can't do Hank Williams. That's what I like, you know. <laughs> no way. That's that's his downfall. He can't do that. And, you know, boom. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Yeah, we saw him at, uh, well, we saw him all over the place. Oh, but yeah. Special gigs we went and saw. He opened, I guess, for uh, uh Jay Giles band at the Spectrum, yeah, yeah. and that was that was a big question. Like, well, you're going to be at the Spectrum, yeah. And he just he just controlled it completely. Blew it. I mean, yeah, just oh, blew, oh, blew the uh, roof off the really place. Had people yep. laughing, using oh, all yeah. the same shtick, but just yeah. you know, oh, yeah. The Delaware cop, oh yeah, the Pennsylvania oh, yeah. cop clocked me at ninety miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, he just could. He rode that stuff forever. Oh, you know yes. I mean? and, oh then, yes. and then we went up to RFK uh, or JFK Stadium. I'm sorry, in Philadelphia, and. Uh, it was a Bill Graham production. It was the Stones kicking off one of their tours. Uh-huh. Uh, and George Thurgood was going to open. Yeah. And in between, Bill Graham put uh, Journey, because Journey hadn't broken yet. Uh-huh. And so we're sitting, at, we're actually behind the bandstand just by ourselves because it was a sold out thing. And we didn't, we took what we could get. So George, two things were cool about that. George blows oh, the roof yeah. off the, oh, that yeah. place which had no yeah. roof but it was yeah. great it was yeah. great yeah. and then later on as we came out of it you know two or three hours later after the stones it was the old days where the philadelphia daily news was an afternoon paper so they had a photo of george on Boom. stage from three hours ago or four hours That's ago and so it's on the front page of the daily oh, news man, there Yay, it is it was cool there it is <laughs> and in between journey came out and well, you know crowds generally speaking doesn't have to be a Philly crowd, but they want to hear the headline. Right. Many of right. them don't care oh, if, yeah. they're, if they're if they're knocked out by the. Yeah. They don't want to be knocked out. They don't want to hear the right. opening act at all. Right. It's so, very but, but George had locals, so George yeah. did great. Yeah. Journey came out, and that and that was it was the wrong billing. First of all, right. It, they never should have been there musically speaking. Yeah. It was a big yeah. mistake. Yeah. I, I've never felt palpably, you know, from. Yeah. It was like hissing. Yeah. It was just like. Yeah. Get out of here! They yeah. did. They did four songs, and they said thank you. And booed off you know, stage. You know, yeah. right, right. It was just yeah. like anyway. I always remember that one. Yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. so yeah, so uh, all right. There's our George Thurgood yeah. stories. All right, <laughs> and stuff. And it sure came in handy that I had a whole bunch of. I didn't even bring records. I didn't bring records to college. You know what I mean? I just I was going to college. Yeah. I was going to study yeah. and go yeah. to college, yeah. and that's that's yeah. where I was. You yeah, know? but um, we hit we we. We had a sit in like the first semester uh, uh, against like corporate uh, corporate presence on campus, uh, IBM or the War Machine or something on campus. I can't remember exactly. So we were uh, we did a hunger strike, and student government gave us uh, cans of Hawaiian punch. <laughs> and, and but then somebody else said, "Hey, you ever tried this?" and gave us a joint. I mean, you know, well, and you know. For me, they, you know, I blew the whole thing right out immediately. And some guy says, "Look, you get practice on this," and he handed me a Tarrington, and I, I smoked for thirty years. It was, but I can remember that moment. Like oh I, man! I had never 
experimented in high school or yeah, anything. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, thanks for the Tarrington. Yeah. Brian, thanks a lot. <laughs> anyway, it was like an Irish Catholic school. I mean, uh-huh. everybody was named Brian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, actually, Clarence Thomas was up there at the same time, but we, that's another whole story. So I couldn't get in town. Worcester had an, uh, either an AM or an FM. I remember they were playing Delta Lady by Joe Cocker, sure. like in regular yeah. rotation, yeah. which I hadn't heard down here. Uh-huh. And so there were some differences, but it wasn't really satisfying to me. Um, now, I had started, I also had done a morning show. I'm not sure whether that was before or after whatever. I did uh-huh. like a, a drive time show. I remember... Um, uh, the traffic uh, empty pages on a forty five. Just we, I think we tried to be like an AM, but uh, like an AM type, but with a hipper playlist yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean, because yeah. I don't think empty pages ever made the the Hot One Hundred right. anywhere. I, I could be wrong, but anyway, so that kind of thing. But I had my five hour show on Sunday nights. It was great. It was. I I I, I still to this day can't tell you exactly why I was doing fine academically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, soon I would come down here and not do fine academically because. The whole world. The whole thing was happening. The whole, the whole thing was happening. But um, in the afternoon, either you swept up the people's losing tickets or me for two years. I did that one year. And then two years, I just sat next to a stretcher. Me and some other guy sat at stretchers like, you know, 50 yards apart and waited for people to pass out or die or something like that. So, you know, you got your summer reading done or something yeah, like that. Thank yeah. God I didn't play the horses. I would have gone oh, broke. Man. But, you know, <laughs> I'm just reading books and yeah. stuff. How's, how's business today? Oh, that kind of joke. But anyway, so for, yeah, the, the first day of getting back to Holy Cross of my, uh, getting back in my junior year, I realized I didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, so I wrote to this kid I had met the previous summer working at Delaware Park, one of my summer jobs, and was Don Challenger, and we had hit it off. We, the way we hit it off was we're, we're, we were janitors, both of us. So in the morning, you had a stick in a bag, and you went along like the roads and mm-hmm. the parking lots, and you picked up the garbage and put it in your bag. And rode along with a garbage truck. But Don and I were picking the parking lots one morning. And we're going along the road. And we didn't really know each other. But I'm whistling something. I don't know. I'm whistling. Yeah. And he, that started the conversation. He said, oh, yeah. And, and he said, do you know Monster by Steppenwolf? I said, Monster by Steppenwolf. <laughs> this was a perfect meeting for me because I said, that's one of the worst things I've ever recorded. <laughs> and so he got to know me immediately. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and but anyway, so we just kind of And I agree, off. by the way. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, seven of them were covering Don Covey. They're doing all kinds yeah, of cool yeah, stuff, not yeah, Monster, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but we've always laughed about that. Anyway, That's good. and Don knew a million things about music that mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah, he was already in a successful band at at, at University of Delaware called Nashville East. Oh yes, and that's yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, he. I think we had talked about that. Yeah, but I, I didn't even. Yeah. I never. Yeah. I wouldn't hear it until the next semester because I wrote back to him and said, you know, I'm realizing I don't want to be here. I, I have to transfer. Do you? Do you can you give me the details on yeah. what that what that What's is happening back there? And uh, mainly it was to arrange living, and, and and he and his roommate. It was time for them to split up. So, uh-huh. so I ended up living with Don for a couple of years when he came down cool. here. So that worked out really yeah. well. Yeah. So, but that anyway. But so my radio career at Holy Cross ended there, doing some news and doing the oldies show on Sunday night, and, and uh, but but enjoying it thoroughly and having yeah. success and stuff. Yeah. So then, uh, right, and we were in the. And that, those were the days. Nobody's. I've had a million memories of WVUD on this series, but my memory was like people's like dirty socks and stuff. There was like yeah. people's laundry oh, yeah. was up there. Oh, I mean, yeah. people were living up there. Yeah. But one thing was one function. That. Don Barry brought up the fact that we used to always have to cover once we went FM. You know, we had to cover every minute 
we had to have live programming basically. Right. Also, it was dead air. Yeah, we, we didn't have yeah. this computer. No. You know, no. So, uh, so I just remember people people were living there and doing shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, yeah, boy. Anyway, so BJ, my partner on the radio show at the beginning, I think he lasted. Uh, yeah, I got to shake hands with the woman in the, the divinals who did I touch myself. Anyway, how cool is that? So how cool is that, huh? <laughs> so, so anyway, I want to throw that in. And they did something you know, with the shift with the student hours. We all lost an hour. Well, right, here yeah, and there yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of left the weekends alone, but uh-huh, but yeah. 